You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Orphan Black After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Orphan Black After Show. Hello, Co- hello, Clone Club, and welcome again <laughs> to another episode of Orphan Black on AfterBuzz. Yeah, I'm just it's Memorial Day, so that's my excuse. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a holiday, so yeah. It's What's, also difficult to say hello, Clone Club. Yes, it's just, absolutely. It is. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a tongue twister, but that's okay. Thank you very much. Joining me, uh, first of all, wait, oh, Helena. Helena. Helena got to the radio again, and she's messing around with our, our theme song. Here. The the nuns in the uh, Ukraine, yeah. they love the Archies. This is a big hit with the nuns in the Ukraine. So, yes, Sugar Sugar by the Archies. Uh, thank you, Helena, for that. Uh, anyway, not joining me today, besides Helena, who is being punished, is uh, Matt Lieberman. For the second week in a row, Matt could not make it. Uh, apologies, we really tried to make it work out. He will be here next week. He he expressed how incredibly bummed he was to not be here. But joining me, as usual, uh, to my to my left is Mr. Will Link. Thank you, thank you. And to his left is Miss Anna Koppel. Hello. And did you ever introduce yourself? And did I? No, my name is Nando Velasquez. I just assumed people knew who I was. I messed up Clone Club. <laughs> yeah. and I, I, it went downhill from you there. You know who I am. Yeah, I know who I am. I'm very famous. Or am I a clone? Oh, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, episode six, season two. Uh, the title of this is To Hound Na- uh, Nature. See, I'm going to say this again. To Hound Nature in Her Wanderings. Yes, there we go. Awesome. And uh, there was so much in this episode. I... I had trouble keeping up. It was so awesome in a way. Return of several people, a lot more information about Project Lita, uh, a little more information about Dyad and, and the inner workings and, and new characters. But I want to start off because I missed her so much from last week. I really want to start off with Allison in rehab yeah. because we saw a major, major character return for the first time this season, uh, the illustrious Vic the Dick. Yeah, Vic is back. <laughs> Played by Michael Mondo and uh, really glad to see him back because he, he definitely is the comic relief. He's a very violent individual but he definitely has his, his comedic moments. He's not violent anymore. But he's not violent oh, Namaste. Namaste. He has taken the way of the Buddha and, and the god, the godhead I think I believe he said yeah, when, yeah, he, yeah. when he put his hands all the he's, way. All he's over the walking place. the the path of the Dharma. You know. He's... Yes. I love the moment when uh, Donnie mm-hmm. uh, bows to, to Vic. <laughs> Amazing. <when he's> <laughs> Amazing. Great bit of comedic timing there. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so Victor Dick joins rehab. He returns from rehab. Apparently, he's been uh, at work with his uh, with his stub. His stubby finger yeah. that he lost uh, from season one. Well, I think the last time we saw him in season one, he was at kind of a, a meeting. He was at some – because the detectives, Bell and DeAngelis, came to see him, and he was at some sort of, I don't know what meeting – what, but like kind of an AA kind yeah, of an thing. AA yeah, thing. Yeah, so – but he's in rehab, and he seems totally uh, at peace and he, of course, spots Allison, which is very, very comical because she, she's in a position right now where she's just there. She's just required to be here, so she's going to do the minimal amount of work to uh, make it work. She's just here for the kids. Well, she, first of all, is refusing or is unaware maybe that she has any kind of problem and, yeah, does not want to do any of the work. Just sits in group with her mm-hmm. broken or sprained arm and is furious with Donnie. Still furious with Donnie. Oh, so mad at him. And I just, I love the scene between them. She's just fuming and she's like, when this is all over, you will have nowhere to hide. It's all going to be over for you. And I, uh, she wants to see the kids and he's like, you know, you will on family day. And she does not want to hear that. Oh, yeah. What I continue to love about Allison being in rehab is she legitimately needs rehab, oh, like totally. beyond like the fact that but it feels so like they've denial. put her. Yeah, 
so much denial and and stressed out as always. I loved I loved Vic's line when he bumped into Allison and Donnie in the middle of their argument. And he goes, "Anger is a tool. We use it on problems, not people." <laughs> yes. Okay. Will you please, Will, since you seem to remember, remind me what uh, uh, Bell's and DeAngelis's interest was in him last season? They had. Oh, well, it was no. a connection to Sarah. Yeah, it was Manning, a connection to Sarah because they were still researching Sarah. They just yeah. discovered toward the end of and season one. He gave one. him. A, oh my god, I feel so stupid that I can't remember. No, I, I don't he remember gave either. Him, I asking. believe he gave him a bit of information that I think might have led them to Allison's house because Vic had been to Allison's. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's how they started to figure and out Allison when, Hendricks was involved. And that's when uh, yeah, Allison was freaking out because of Ainsley. Because she killed Ainsley. Well, she she let Ainsley die, but she feels like she killed her. And then, of course, the detectives show up on her doorstep because of Vic. So now here's my question. Was Vic in – I'm assuming Vic was already in rehab and DeAngelis got to him. Or did they place him in rehab to spy on Allison? Because there is a real – when he goes to see DeAngelis in the car later in that twist – there is a real kind of change of tone and attitude from him a little bit. He, yeah. he does say it's messing with his rehab, but he also – he's got a little bit more of an attitude. He's well, not necessarily walking the way from, of the Buddha in that from moment. From what we understand, when we first see him, he knows the uh, facilitator to the uh, the group that they're sharing. He knows her. He's like, hey, I'm back. And, uh, you know, talks about the, the treatment he had with the, that he wouldn't take any, any uh, a local anesthetic or he wouldn't take any oxy cotton to dull the pain when they were working on his uh on his stump so uh i i believe that he was already in rehab and chances are they reached out to him when they found out that allison was there too because don't forget angela was was scoping out allison around the time when she broke down at the play yeah so i mean they're detectives they probably have tabs on everybody involved yeah Yeah, even in in a very minimal sense Mm mm-hmm peripheral sort of just anybody who might kind of be involved with these women they probably still are keeping yeah. very close tabs on but really interesting to see uh to see vic change so much and then of course see that scene when he steps outside for a smoke and he goes into angela's car and we realize that she's the one behind this because we haven't seen her in a couple of weeks either yeah and uh and to see that she's working on her own on her own a uh, separate from at least separate from art and uh, just trying to get to the bottom of it and also striking a deal with uh, with um, Vic. I also love that Allison has been so paranoid about this idea of being double monitored. And now she actually is being double monitored. Not yeah. necessarily from the same people, but DeAngelis and, and uh, Leaky both mm. have monitors on her. It's, so. It's, and while she doesn't trust one monitor... She's totally starting to, to totally trust the other one. Yeah. Play basketball with them and, you know, have a good time with them. I read somewhere once that when we're at our saddest, that that's when we make the worst decisions. And that's probably what's going on. She's sad and she's lonely. And, uh, you know, here's somebody who's familiar mm. and is being very kind to her. And so she's probably, go ahead. You seem like you really want to say something. Well, no, no, no one needs, you're right. No one needs a connection more than Allison right now. She's her storyline now has been kind of so separated yeah. from the other uh, uh, clones, and I definitely get what you're saying that at her lowest, she's going to reach out to somebody. She's like isolated. Yeah. yeah, she's been the one out of all of them that seems to need the most support. Seemed to always be needing somebody. Felix was filling in very nicely. Uh, even you know, we we imagined that Cosima before Sarah discovered this whole network that Cosima was also filling in and helping Allison out. And now she's all alone. Well, there was a great moment in the episode where Sarah was on the phone with Cosima, and it was kind of like she expressed this desire to like get the band back together. Like mm-hmm. we'll go get Allison out of rehab. We'll all be together again. And I I I'm dying to see the three you know, main clones back together again at some point soon. I'm sure at least soon. Yeah, I hope Sarah fulfills that promise. Like, we're going to get her out of rehab because I want (laughs) to see what happens when when they all cross paths again. And it would be just good for Allison. I want to see Allison's storyline start to connect back into the main storyline a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she's been away for far too long. So uh, I'm sure it's culminating to something. Well, family day's coming up. Maybe the family of clones will come visit. <laughs> oh, that'd be, that'd so be, that's a nice little prediction, actually. That sounds pretty cool. Do we think that Vic is being genuine at all on any level? I think he is. I honestly think he is. Yeah, I don't think Vic necessarily, when he has that bit of an attitude with the Angelus, I, I, I don't think he wants to be doing what he's doing. Maybe that's also just 
because he's being dishonest. He doesn't, there. yeah, and he doesn't want to. You shouldn't be dishonest in a program like this. I imagine he shouldn't be dishonest, and, and he's found religion. And then also, you know, just from his background, I'm assuming he doesn't want to be a rat ratting on people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I would think so, too. I kind of agree with that. Yeah, and I also think that he still has some sort of love for Sarah. It, she obviously reminds him of Sarah. <laughs> I, I I, mean, I don't... I have... One of my predictions has something to do with that. Okay. So, okay. Well, maybe if, I'll hold off on If anything's going to cause... That. Well, if anything's going to cause Vic, I think, to relapse, it'll be seeing Sarah again and realizing it's Sarah and not one of the one of the clones that he doesn't believe are clones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, he doesn't believe... Oh, Allison flat out said, I'm a clone. Yeah, you don't have to tell him. If you don't have to tell him, you don't want to. It's okay. I wonder what he really thinks then i mean he must just think they're twins that's what yeah. he said yeah that's what he first at first said so but i mean why what would be the point of her not admit i mean i want to know what the hell's going through he, said. he doesn't know so far the only person he's met outside of sarah is allison so yeah. he has no idea i'm sure if he ended up seeing kasima yeah then he'd be like or or, or helena, helena. I, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see vic and helena do a scene together. Maybe. That would be awesome, actually. You know, this episode had so many great unexpected pairings, and that, that would, would be a great unexpected be a, pairing. That'll be an awesome pairing. Well, I'm glad to see uh, Vic back, and uh, I'm sure he's going to cause a, a monkey wrench in a lot of uh, a lot of the clones' issues. So uh, we'll get to see more of him. Before I go on, let me just uh, say that uh, you can hear us usually on iTunes. I know last week we had some problems with iTunes, so. Uh, I think they are, if they're not worked out, they're going to be worked out really. They're worked out. Le- they're worked, they're out. worked out. Awesome. Excellent. They are worked out. So yes, please. Uh, I know that some people were writing on iTunes. I noticed, uh, saying they couldn't find season two. Uh, season two should be back on iTunes right now. So please, uh, if you're on iTunes, uh, and you subscribe, please rate us. Please comment, uh, comment on the stuff that we are doing. <laughs> that the thing with iTunes was really beyond our control. We're just grateful to be back on. And we're also on YouTube or you can catch us live streaming Mondays at 6 p.m. Usually uh, Monday nights on AfterBuzzTV.com. Uh, okay, let's move on. Let's talk about the road trip because obviously that was so much fun too to see to see Sarah and Helena on this on this trip together. Uh, we we see the first scene of the of the episode is really them camping, typical yeah. little you know family get together type of thing. It was really sweet it actually. Was. Her doing the little hand the little thing with the puppet, shadow yeah. puppet with the dog. <laughs> Her the- farting. Yeah, there was Elena farting, even a fart joke. Yes, even a fart joke. But it was sweet. And the way she, they look at each, or Helena looks at her when they're lying. I mean, don't let the bed bugs bite. And they're like, (laughs) I thought that Helena was very nurturing towards Sarah. And she was like, you have to eat something. And yeah, with the shadow puppets, even she mentioned she was good with children. I think she's good with Sarah. I actually, I mean, I wouldn't let her babysit my children but i i mean from the interaction we've seen with her with kira and stuff in the mm-hmm. past i i believe she i'm gonna say that i believe helena is good with children i think so i think actually she was acting the way she was being very nurturing in the camping scene probably to even show sarah see i can take care of people i'm not just a killer so uh i i really i really love that uh it was a little bit of foreshadowing of course when helena said well who's that who's that over there and then she ends up doing the hand puppet with a dog which was funny Knowing, meanwhile, that Paul was following them from the end of last episode. It was a little nod. I actually thought, because, you know, Kira predicted, like, she had, like, a sense of when people are coming and stuff from the week before. And I thought it was, like, a very similar thing. But instead, it just turned out to be a joke. It was just a little joke. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, speaking of foreshadowing, she, uh, Helena had mentioned that she, her whole life growing up, was only told where to go and what to do. Yeah. And, And that shows up later. Yeah. As rough and tough as Helena is. And, well, that's the way I guess she's always been spoken to. So that's what she's used to. She's not used to doing this kind of trip with Sarah. Although she also admits that if she told Sarah the information about the swan man, Sarah would just leave her behind. Yeah. So this was genuine family time, family bonding time for the two of them. And, and a chance for uh, Helena to mess around with the radio. and uh, Which was fun. great. Yeah. Helena in this episode went from the scariest clone to the most adorable yeah. clone. And, and can I just add that just seeing the two of them, especially in the car, the interaction in the car with Helena singing and, and Sarah reacting to all of that. I just thought like such a well considering it's the same actor doing this at two different times and of course Catherine Alexander who we uh had on the show last week uh as the body double had a lot to do with that too. But I thought it was just if you just look at it as an acting perspective, it yeah. was such a beautifully done scene when you realize how much work probably was done in such a simple car. And scene. 
those little touches of how she doesn't quite get the lyrics right and she's mm-hmm. all like I mean it's mm-hmm. it's again a testament to yeah. Tatiana well I, I just really just seeing Sarah's reaction to everything that uh, even more so than her messing up the, the lyrics uh, Helena messing up the lyrics Sarah just reaction I thought was yeah. really it was really tight and spot on you want to say something Hannah? I don't, well, I'll bring no. it up later. Okay, sounds good. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, so they are searching for Cold River, and they end up finding out that Cold River is actually, uh, I have my notes here, where is it? You have it, you probably do. It well. was an institution. Institution, yes. There was a specific name for it, but anyway. Are they, it was uh, Cold River. It was Cold River? Yeah. Cold River Institution. Okay, good. Um, sorry, my notes are all here. Anyway, so, uh, and they end up splitting up, or at least Sarah ends up telling Helena, stay in the car, telling her what to do. Okay, <laughs> Which... and I'm sorry, but leaving Helena alone in a car and saying stay there is kind of like a super villain who, like, leaves his captives and, and like, tells them what he's going to do or how they're going to die and then leaves the room, no? I mean, she's well, going to escape. It, I mean, that was what was slightly frustrating about that moment because how do you leave her alone but at the same time you can't bring her in there like you're not going to get far with with Helena well, there with yeah. you you're not gonna, they're not going to be like oh look at all these sensitive records with she's not an intellectual giant yeah exactly so I think Sarah just wanted to concentrate on on, on stuff on her own she can't be like you're saying Sarah can't be surprised that when she came out she got into trouble and by the way, she left her in that car, which what seems for hours. Like, oh yeah, I mean, it seems you would like have a thought while. she would have at least at some point, like I just have to go check on, yeah, her, my sister in the car. And yeah, stuff. absolutely. Like, yeah, she's on the phone with Kasima. They're like, she's like, I'm gonna miss you, girl. What are you up to? I mean, she was down there for a while. And by the way, I'm amazed. Who's her carrier? I can't believe she got reception down there. It's uh, and, and that's another though sad kind of thing about the episode because they have these beautiful sister bonding moments, mm-hmm. and then Sarah really does then kind of treat her second class. Treat Helena? I don't know if she treated her second class, but she left her for hours in a car. Well, we don't know how long, but I guess it, it was, was hours. A, it she, was a while. A lot happened to Helena it, during that yeah, time. Yeah, come on. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe I'm <laughs> maybe I'm looking into it differently. I don't know, but uh, I I just felt that. Uh, it was just, it was obvious, like, I think everybody watching the show kind of saw that when she left Helena there, the last thing Helena was going to do was stay in the car. Yeah. Or either, either Helena was not going to stay in the car, or Paul was going to get Helena. Yeah, something was going to happen. That's what we figured. So anyway, so Helena, uh, just because it's more fun, let's just talk about Helena first. Yeah. Because she ends up going out, and you figured she'd probably go in the church and maybe help find the swan man and figure everything else out, what's going on. And instead, she goes to a bar. She lines up a whole bunch full of different drinks. Amazing. And she gets hit on by this guy. <laughs> <laughs> who she ends up spraining his finger yeah. and uh and uh say and he's like oh you broke my finger no i only sprained it the next one i break yeah. and uh and then she, and then a knight in shining armor or a knight in a in a trucker hat comes along and uh rescues her jesse, jesse of jesse's towing of jesse's towing exactly well known from jesse's towing the jesse of jesse's towing jesse and and it seems like they they have a really nice rapport it's like a little informal date yeah it was it was a really if this were a romantic comedy, this would be a wonderful meet you. Oh my god! White Russian pork rinds. Okay, so first of all, what kind of a man drinks a White Russian? Can we just start with that? Well, he didn't order it; she offered it to him. He still drank it. Hey, let me tell you what: uh, <laughs> if a pretty Helene... woman's going to give you a drink unless it's poisoned, you, don't you think you would drink? Or, or a pretty guy, or a pretty guy. Then. I will drink anything a pretty woman gives me, even poison. There you go. So there even, you go. Poison. even poison. So there you go. You heard it here first, ladies. <laughs> uh, so did you notice that she, when she was telling her life story, she was telling the story of all of her Sestra clones? Yes, I love that. I love that too. Yeah, I love the fact touch. that she was like, I was a police detective and I caught many criminals. Shot and then, many criminals. And then I'm a brilliant scientist. And, and then, then divorced, but a housewife was it? A yeah, and, and, and I went to rehab. <laughs> rehab yeah, she... drinking problems <laughs> <laughs> at a bar with a whole bunch of drinks lined up. Yeah. But again, uh, and and it's been this way with every Helena moment. I think I said it before. What's so great about that moment is it's really funny, but it's also really sad because it's her trying to identify with her fellow clones and to try to be part of this life that she doesn't 
really have yeah. have a family and and they've done such a great balancing act with Helena as a character this season in that no, way. No, she's great and she's just a little weird but not too weird. Like like even before Jesse comes in when she's first talking to Carl that that was the guy who was hitting on her first uh and she says you you bad goat <laughs> mad. She doesn't say bad. She goes mad. <laughs> 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 Which I thought was really weird. Um <laughs> right before Jesse comes into the rescue. So uh and and of course she has her little lovely moment they're, they're after a couple of arm wrestling which come on a girl, you know she wants to arm wrestle with him I think that was a sign right there and there she wanted to hook up with him or she was interested oh, yeah. in him and then finally this song comes on uh, and I was going to look up to see if this is a real song. I didn't have a chance to, but it was, it was pretty much the title of it was crazy. Yeah. Which was a perfectly, uh, fitting song for, uh, for Helena. And I wrote some of the lyrics down because I thought it was funny. It was like, walk along the razor's, razor's edge into black and back again, which I just felt was like perfect. You know, Jesse asking this person who you never know when she's going to become unhinged. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and they're having this really romantic little dance and they start making out. I thought it was so sweet. It was so sweet. Yeah. And it was, she was like falling in love. Helena gets some. Uh, are we, was that Helena's like first kiss? So we assuming that's her she first She lived in a kiss? cage her whole life. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? She's out there assassinating clones. Who knows the hell would I actually am surprised she did, she did a good job with the kiss. I agree. But I thought was she was going to be so kiss. weird about it. I, yeah, I was surprised that she was so, uh, it was probably the alcohol. But I'm, I was surprised that she was so, like, into it. Yeah. But. Well, it's just that trucker hat. It was that trucker hat. <laughs> does it for you. A man with a trucker hat. Now, meanwhile, mm-hmm. Paul and, what's his name? Mark. Over, and Mark comes yeah. in. That was awesome. And they're over-negotiating. Yeah, they're over-negotiating. I loved, I loved seeing these two. And that was, I thought, a great, um, some of the best I think Dylan Bruce stuff we've had on this show because he showed a there was a little more Paul showed a little more personality than he sometimes than he's sometimes willing to and it was that scene with Mark I thought was again a scene that was played both very serious but very funny at mm. times too. Mm. Well, I mean, it was considering what Paul did last week with Felix when he was really really he went in his house yeah. and uh, his apartment and was really violent toward him this was a very interesting uh side of Paul he's just very sneaky and very talkative and and negotiating and dipl- almost diplomatic very diplomatic actually very diplomatic of him and Mark and pretty much they negotiated uh, I guess they both wanted to get both clones but then they decided to negotiate you just get yours and I'll get mine we'll make both our bosses happy and that'll be yeah. that. And that'll be that. And, uh, and I think that's a good negotiation, frankly. It, it was a perfect, yeah, it was and perfect. The moment where Paul, Paul is, when, when they, it goes down with Elena and she's fighting and then he, yeah. like, yeah, she's all yours oh, or whatever, yeah. whatever the line is. Once saying. they make that negotiation, that's when Carl decides to cut in and Helena just grabs a, uh, a pool cue uh, ball or whatever and just slaps him over the head and straddles on top of him, gouging his, it was crazy. And he's like, good luck with that one. And I like that Jesse's just like backs off of it. Like, all right. You know, he's just not, he's not going to help his boy. He's not going to help the girl he's making out with. I think he <laughs> was like, I'm not any part of this. He was so taken aback no, by. No, he, he, he threw a punch in he there. He did because someone else got involved and he punched the other guy. But you could tell he was like, what the hell yeah. is happening here? <laughs> yeah. Um, he definitely threw at least one punch in there. Okay. So, um, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know if I would have, she, she was like feral at that point. I think if he actually tried to help out or got behind her, she would have just attacked him too, probably, and not realize it. But anyway, so she goes to the, um, the police department. She gets arrested. Sarah sees her walking out in cuffs into the police car. And she's just got this like, I didn't know what I did. <laughs> you know, this little like innocent puppy dog kind of look when she's getting escorted out. And we assume that Sarah's going to try and get her out. And we even hear, uh, her at the police station, uh, or, or someone at the police station, the, um, the guard saying that they, um, that she could free to go, that there were going to be no charges pressed against her, and her sister was waiting for her. And surprise, surprise, I guess Mark wasn't alone because yeah. he brought Gracie along. And, uh, I was, I thought that was a very interesting scene with Gracie, just seeing her, seeing her to be very, very cordial toward Helena, not call her an it. Not treat her like yeah. a monster. She, yeah. It was her job to sway her to come back. But she was also, I liked how also she was very, like, curt with her about, like, yes, I did try to kill you. Yes. Like, you know, mm. she was very direct with her. And, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a great, uh, but I don't think you could lie. It's, it's hard to lie to Helena. I, I think, think I just liked the, the performance of that, the way, the yeah. way she 
she delivered that. Oh, totally. But um, but Gracie knows exactly what to hit, you know, what to hit Helena with because we figure Helena's not going to go back with them. First of all, I thought was interesting was Helena had had the um, her mouth, mouth sewed. Yeah, yeah, the mouth punishment as well. So, yeah, she went to uh, she related to her with that. So yeah. I think that may have opened up just a little bit of dialogue. But Grace probably went mostly because of Mark and what Mark asked her to and, do. And also because she doesn't want to have to be the one to carry she uh, bear the babies. clone babies. Oh, right. I totally yeah. forgot about that part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good call. Especially if she thinks they're monsters <laughs> already. It's like putting why. little monsters inside her belly, and yeah. inside her uterus. It's like, I don't want that. But she says the, the magic words that, uh, that Helena wants to hear, which is, we want to take you to your children. Yeah. And it, again, she's willing to go with these people in this idea that maybe she can have a family. Especially after she was treated the way, you know, she obviously didn't like the way she was treated. She escaped. No, she was violated. Yeah. And, but she's willing to go back. She's willing to sacrifice herself to go see her children. She says, take me, take to, me my to my babies. Yes. Maybe in her, uh, I mean, you know, Helena does have, uh, kind of a, maybe simplistic view of family in a lot of ways and maybe in her mind she gets her babies and maybe she could find Jesse and have a normal life she did say I want my boyfriend I want my boyfriend (laughs) and she does have to get the trucker hat he gets the trucker she gets the trucker hat as a memento for her first date that was Mark grabbed that yeah Mark grabbed it and gave it well he gave it to uh, gave it to her as an, as, that was like the last straw that she said, "Okay, I'm gonna. I trust you guys. It was, if Jesse, if Jesse's willing to give his hat to you, yeah, then I will go with you. Yeah. So since since Jesse says so. Okay, so Helena back in custody with the Prolethians on her way back, probably to the farm to uh, get impregnated to get to get yeah. inseminated actually because because uh, her eggs are already been uh, <laughs> been impregnated. And uh, and meanwhile, while this is all happening, let's talk. Let's go now. Move to Sarah because this obviously is where we start learning everything else uh, so far about Dyad, about Duncan, who was Ethan, and now he's uh, Duncan or Andrew Peckham, right? Right, Peckham. Yeah, yeah Andrew Peckham, and uh, and uh, yeah, we start finding out all this stuff. So anyway, so. Uh, we find out that Peckham actually had gone to that church because there are files underneath, and that's where Sarah went down to uh, dig up some stuff. Found out that Maggie Chen actually took some of the missing files, which goes uh, concise with what Art found. So uh, maybe we should talk a little about Art and Felix really quickly because yeah. I thought it was also really, really interesting. Because they're, do- they're both simultaneously doing their research They're here. both doing their research. But uh, what I thought was really interesting, first of all, Felix getting drunk. You know, which is actually silly considering he was just in rehab visiting Allison the week before and him painting with his clothes on, which I thought was really actually telling. I actually thought it was very telling considering how free he usually is when he does his uh, painting. So he must have felt really, really violated. Yeah, he obviously. And uh, people just break into his place all the time, you know, including Mm. Art. Yeah, everybody uh, can just get into this loft that he has at any time they want. Yeah. Uh, But that was was another great Felix scene because, yeah, this guy has really – I mean, if anyone has asked – for none of this more than more more than anyone on the show, it's Felix. Yeah, and he has been like I like the line where he says that he's gone from babysitter now to bargaining chip. Yep, mm-hmm. which uh, yeah, that I guess that would drive anyone to drink. No, it's a great it's a great line, and uh, and then of course he starts having some fun with art. I mean, he's a little drunk and everything, but uh, he puts his hand on his butt and he pretty much <laughs> is like, I'm not taking any new clients right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then of course he passes out while Art starts doing a little, uh, a little homeland type sheet <laughs> trying to pull up all the yeah. research from the, uh, from Helena's storage locker, which was, uh, which was a gold mine according to Art. Yeah. So a lot of the missing information that Sarah was looking for regarding Peckham, uh, was actually in Maggie's, uh, storage closet. Yeah, they were able the fe- to yeah. figure out how he got this identity, or how, how Ethan Duncan got this Peckham identity. Yeah, that there was, that Pe- Andrew Peckham actually died when he was two years old yeah. as an orphan, so this was an identity that was stole for use of him. Uh, and then from that, we get to see, uh, we get to see Sarah go and find out where Peckham lives, because she just asked Art to look for the near, you know, old man, 
driving the nearest Peckham to that has old man driving distance away from the church or something like that. Yeah, I know yeah. I'm just saying yeah, yeah. it. I'm just saying it, but it's just no, no, no. I think that's almost exactly within old man driving, old man distance. driving distance from the church. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so she goes over and who does she find over at Peckham's house? But surprise, surprise, Mrs. S. Mrs. S is everywhere. A reunion mm. of sorts. A reunion with Mrs. S. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, of course, Mrs. S not too happy to see, uh, Sarah because she knows that Sarah, wherever she goes, she just causes tons and tons of trouble, uh, and, and brings people with her. So she knows that Sarah probably got followed. Uh, and, and we get to finally meet, uh, Andrew Peckham as he is known now because for the past 20 years he's been living that way. Yeah. So very interesting stuff. Um, a, a man who's not, uh, not altogether. Not there. altogether. He's a little. He's slow. He's a little. He's, he's very concerned about his birds. Yes, aye, aye, aye. But, those uh, birds. He's a little he, kooky. He wasn't the scientific genius. I think uh, Sarah was hoping to. We were to all meet. expecting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we learned quite a bit. I mean, first, the first thing he said is that uh, I guess him and Susan they weren't the only implant implantation team, right. which could mean there's a ton more uh, clones that we don't even know about. Let's now, hope so. And. Uh, do they all look like the clones that we know? Are there a bunch of other clones? Are there mm. types of clones? Exactly. That we... That's a possible. That's a possibility too. And uh, also that Susan was the brains apparently because he lost his anyway. Um, oh. And <laughs> and so what's the point of Project Lita? He said proof of concept. Like anything else starts. So, yes. Oh, that hurts to hear. Great. Mm-hmm. So proof of concept. And they want to make little girls. We just wanted little girls. It's not even that they wanted to make them. They wanted we babies. Wanted them. Little we wanted girls. little girls. Yeah. Very creepy to hear from an old man. It is kind of creepy, uh, and and it's for the military. So I guess I guess we'll find out more why they wanted these little well, girls yeah. later. But the um, military started it, and then Dyad took it over when the military declared it de- an ethical failure. Yes. Mm. So uh, and then Dyad ended up hijacking Project Lita once. Uh, I guess. Um, once the military decided it was an ethical failure, they ended up taking control and hijacking it uh, for their own purposes. And a line that uh, I liked that uh, Duncan said, that um, Andrew said, I'm going to say, is once you've gone too far, it's not hard to go all the way, which yeah. is really kind of scary when you think about it because they've already gone too far, so they're just going to keep going. But that's, I guess that's the way science, uh, you know, if you... You can't, I guess, be a scientist and not want to keep pushing the envelope mm. and not want to keep d- discovering new things like that. So yeah. I, I get it. Although they shouldn't be cloning people, mm. but I get it. Yeah. So on the other side of this, uh, just because it probably does have something to do with – well, actually, you know what? Before we can go there, let's just finish this off with Duncan. Uh, I want to say Duncan, but it's really – I keep – I'll be honest I with you. I keep calling him Duncan because that's his real yeah, yeah. name. I guess that's his real name. So let's just call him Duncan uh, for now. So hopefully you guys understand what I'm saying when I say that. Duncan Andrew. <laughs> anyway, so uh, you know he's scared of Leaky. He apparently, according to him, Leaky, well, not scared of Leaky. He's upset. Leaky killed his wife and he's yeah. pretty much on the run from Leaky. So uh, and apparently Leaky's a Prolethean. And Leaky, no, no, no he's an illusionist. Which an we illusionist, knew, I'm which sorry. Which we knew from well, we the first that. season. Yeah, yeah he, we no. knew, but it's never really been talked about since season one. When we went to yeah, we haven't heard yeah, much right. about the Neolutionists because, since season one. Because the Neolutionists, it seemed like the Neolutionists, um, it just kind of like morphed into Dyad. So we haven't yeah. really, we haven't really, we haven't seen the difference between the 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 neo within Dyad and Dyad itself. Yeah, right. So he was saying that they had infiltrated Dyad, so the completely different exactly. Thing. And so what uh what are the different um motivations? What sort of different? Uh... Well, the Neolutionists are all about. I mean, from what we remember from season one, when we went to that club. They're all about body hacking. They're all biohacking and changing themselves kind of more to look cool or, or just to be the future. Making an evolutionary leap yeah. through science. Like if we want to have tails, if we think that'll be, we'll have tails. The different colored eyes that they had, just the augmentations. But that what did. was Dyad after that's so different from Neolutionists in terms of cloning? I mean, I'm assuming that Dyad itself is a, a – I mean, I 
I guess we haven't gotten into what the business model is, but I'm assuming they're a multifaceted. Well, once we figure out, once we once we figure out exactly what Project Lita was out to achieve, which we know a little bit, they wanted babies, they wanted little girls. That's what they said. Once we figure that out, we can see what the differences are from that and the neolutionists. But what okay. I think is really interesting, at least, is again the neolutionists are about body you know, augmentation, biohacking. And these clones have not really been, other than the fact that they're clones, they haven't really done, been hacked in the same way. Well, the the one thing that that I noticed that I thought was odd, creepy, um, one of the things that Sarah looked at in, in the boxes, there was a picture of a baby from 1908 that said, most perfect baby. <laughs> and, mm. um, and it just seems a little bit like... Uh, like, um, what am I looking for this here? This has been going longer than we could imagine. They've been trying to find the genetic perfection. The genetic kind. perfection. Uh, when you're, when you want the perfect race, when it, like uh, it's the, on the way to genocide Aryan, is like what I'm looking the, for. The, like the Nazis were Like trying. the Nazis like were the looking Aryan, for. the Aryan race saying they were the perfect race. Yeah, just when you're looking, yes, anytime you're looking for, to change your body image or mm-hmm. looking to clone a most perfect baby, yeah, that you're looking well, for one race. Considering... One, yeah, well, considering the files that Sarah was looking at, we didn't really talk about it, but they went back as far back as 1910, 1920. Yeah. 1910, that's around World War I, right then and there. So that's a really interesting point that maybe the, if the most perfect baby was in 1910. 1908. 1908, maybe, <laughs> maybe the, uh, maybe there is actually something historical here that has to do with World War I or has to do with the Nazis. May, you know, maybe the military in question was actually, wouldn't that be really freaky weird? I would love if we're going to get like Nazi plots in here. I, I don't know. That'd be crazy. But I mean, it'd be very interesting. But I mean, the, the neolutionists in a way, I mean, they are, they're trying to find, uh, uh, some form of genetic perfection for mm-hmm. whatever that, whatever that is. I mean, the only thing that would discredit the Nazi theory is probably they would want blonde, blonde, blue eyes. Um, I'm not saying people. it's Nazi. I'm saying genetic. Genetic. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm just I'm just putting the kibosh on the Nazi thing. Yeah, I'm not saying specific it's not a, Nazi. It's not like um, Dr. Mengele was working for Dyad oh, back in the I, I 40s. Hope not. Yeah, I hope not. That might get a little just too <laughs> we much. We went down to Argentina after the war. That would get a little too much. But it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week with Rachel and Leakey, like who's in charge. But it's really going to be interesting to see what are what is Leakey's interests and, and how does it really differ from what Dyad is supposed to be about. Well, you know what's so funny? This the leaky, if you even if you want to call it a twist at the very end of the episode. I mean, it's the kind of thing I feel a little dumb for not seeing coming that Leaky was more responsible mm. for the fire or that killed the people and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm uh I'm very curious to see Well don't forget last week Leaky even said he was really nervous about what Sarah was gonna find. It was gonna be dangerous for everybody. Nobody wants Sarah I mean Mrs. S wants her, and everyone wants her in the dark. Mm. I mean, there's a there's a house of cards here that we haven't fully seen the picture of that clearly Sarah can bring down, and uh, I'm assuming it'll be very exciting when she does. <laughs> very, very exciting. So, uh, well, speaking of Leaky, we uh, we didn't talk about this yet, but let's go over. There was another new addition to uh, uh, the cast, more or less, in that. Back where uh, Dyad was at, where Cosima was doing, uh, they were experimenting on Cosima, and so far the results for the stem cell research seem to be successful with her and Delphine. Stem they cells, brought... stem cells from the exfoliated dental pulp of baby teeth in her uterus. In her uterus, gross. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. That's so gross. Thank you for saying that. Yes, it was a very gross line. It's creepy. But, it's so uh, weird and creepy and disgusting. We get to see uh, Scott. Not to be close-minded. Not to be close-minded. No, no, it's just creepy. (laughs) But uh, we get to see Scott come in from college, from from Minnesota, where Cosima went to school. And they've been Skyping for the past couple of episodes. And it's obvious he has a little bit of a crush on Cosima. So, of course, he's thrilled to be there. Now, Scott, when he first comes in there, he specifically says, like, oh, Leaky immediately uh, approved my, uh, my hiring. Yes. Do you think that Scott could be... A monitor that he no. could be that he could be brought in as a monitor for both because you know Delphine's gotten awfully close to this Casima situation and maybe mm. Leaky who quickly approved this needs someone else to keep an eye on. I things. don't think so because I think he has too much of a crush on Casima to really do anything against her. And if he felt as a monitor, he was betraying her trust. I don't think he would. Donnie's married to Allison and has known her since high school. 
Yeah, but Donnie's uh, Donnie's not smitten with uh, Allison the way Scott's smitten with with Cosima. It's oh, so a way for her to get close. Uh, it doesn't make know. it doesn't make sense because it sounds like she she's known Scott longer than she's known Delphine. So if he was a monitor, there was probably no reason to bring Delphine in. So no, no, no. I'm saying yeah. that I'm saying that, that he's now a he's a monitor. He's a monitor. That's he what flipped. he's been hired as. That's why Leaky approved it. Delphine's a little too close to. To Casima now, Leaky needs somebody else, no, so he approves his hiring no, right away. I don't, I don't think so, but I do think there's something a little scary going on with Scott in the sense that, uh, you know, Casima obviously didn't want him there, and and uh, told Delphine that you know she didn't want him there, and Delphine's answer was he's involved. You gave him your samples, and and she Casima said he didn't know what the samples were about, and she said it doesn't matter. I think she doesn't want him there for some other reason. There's something else going on. I think she wants to protect him. I think she feels that he, you know, that he's going to be in over his head over here. I think she also wants to protect herself and the other clones. She doesn't want someone on the outside knowing that all well, that's m- more information than they have to. I think that's part of Yeah, I think Scott kind of in a way is part of her escape plan. If she if ever something was going to happen to her, she could probably send information to Scott and he's he's separate from diet, but now he's in there. And honestly, I'll be honest with you. I don't I don't like his chances in Dyad because I just felt this really creepy line that Delphine said that he's involved. So that means he's at risk. He's well, in danger, too. Already Scott's been there for like a day, and already him and Delphine are keeping secrets now from Cosima. Yeah. Yeah. So but I, I bode well for Cosima. But I don't think – yeah, I don't think um, Scott should trust Delphine at all. Well, I, I as, mean as, – As faithful – and I know I even saw someone in the YouTube comments uh, from last week's show say that they trust Delphine 100 percent. I'm like as trustworthy as she might be to Cosima, her interests are very different than Scott's. So Scott should not trust her at all. That's mm. what I think. Mm. Well, I don't know. I mean if Scott's just a hired help. How much does he really have to worry but about? That's Scott why I think there's an, something more to his hiring. Scott's an incredibly intelligent individual. I mean, he he discovered that, um, you know, the sequence that they, they needed. He could figure things out. So, so he might be really helpful to Dyad. He could be really helpful, and he could also, you know, I, I mean, obviously you want to do a confidentiality clause, but I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what part Scott's going to play, but I don't. I have a weird feeling he's not going to be around too long. I'm not trusting Scott. Well, we can save it for predictions. We'll find out. We'll find out in the weeks to come. We could save that for predictions, but uh, first of all, I do have a little bit of news and gossip. Yeah. After Buzz TV news. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend, and uh, and I guess there aren't that many new shows anymore. But I, I want to say it was really exciting to see that uh, Orphan Black was the number one tweeted show on TV on Saturday. So uh, last week it was number three, and this week it's number one. And Excellent. I'm trying to pull it up, the numbers, because it, it actually, what I thought was amazing about the numbers for Orphan Black was it quadrupled the next show. It had uh, a unique audience of 121,000 uh, people with 494,000 impressions and uh, 13,000 tweets about Orphan Black. So obviously, uh, you know, even though it was a holiday weekend, Orphan Black fans, the Clone Club, cannot be denied. They are going to watch their show on Saturday and they're going to tweet about it. So it was really, really good to see that. And, uh, yeah, and uh, with only a couple more episodes left this season, it's it's good to see that, um, you know, people are, are tuned in. They're, they're definitely focused on what's going to happen next and, and lots of good stuff. Like I said, lots of good stuff to come. And so, why wouldn't there be tweets when you could uh, uh, tweet uh, hashtag sugar sugar and things like that? Right. <laughs> they always give right. you some great line or great little moment. White that Russian. Makes it, yeah, white Russian. Pork rinds. I think that happened earlier, like you hashtag like – why was I hashtag back you pork rind? Yeah, so yeah, yeah we had uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's that's it for news and gossip. I usually do shout outs. I don't have the um, YouTube stuff unless you guys have oh, them I- out. I do not. I don't, but I would just like to shout out. I think we have the most amazing fans, and I just want to thank everybody for every week, just week after week. You guys have been amazing, tweeting us, commenting on YouTube and on iTunes, and we are super grateful. And, you know, we don't take for granted what an amazing audience we have at AfterBuzz um, and for Clone Club. So thank you. It's true. It's always fun to see what the the people are saying when they – 
uh, agree with us or disagree. Yeah, mm-hmm. either way, we we have uh, we have some serious fans. Uh, and actually, I do have. Wait, I just did pull up the. Uh, con- well, I think I did. Yeah, I did. So let me pull up these. Uh, of course, YouTube was down last week, so apologies to anyone who posted on YouTube. Where the hell season two episode? iTunes. We're, we're totally. What I say? Oh, YouTube. I, said, I meant iTunes. So YouTube was not down. YouTube uh, comments. We have DBZ Axel and Rani J. Reek. Ira, <laughs> Dorian Harbinson, <laughs> Tiffany F, Ryan Will At- Laddison. I can never say your last name right. Uh, Cough 2009, Planetar, Ash Lee, Lizbeth Christina, Susan Winston, Nokomis, Florida, the artist formerly known as My Call C205, uh, Mr. Jack of All Trades, uh, Lambda 66, Mary the Beth, Rose Clover 24, and uh, yep, that's all the comments we had. From YouTube. Thank you very much. Uh, can we uh, talk about one more interesting pairing in this week's episode? Sure. And that was the Mrs. S. Paul scene. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. I totally uh, – I can't lose that one because I thought that was really, really awesome that- to see uh, Mrs. S. come out with some tea. Yeah. <laughs> Another great uh, negotiation scene yeah. kind of with, with Paul. Mm-hmm. And we don't really see a resolution as to – I mean, Paul's clearly not there then taking – Sarah away or anything, but uh and Mrs. S brings up Afghanistan, which yep. I guess maybe there's more to his troubles in Afghanistan and what he owes Dyad mm. than we originally thought, possibly. Because she even knows about it. Well, I just it's love been a really big deal. I love yeah, it's a big deal. We get hopefully we'll get to find out more or how Mrs. S knows all this stuff because it was really, really interesting to see her go toe-to-toe with Paul in such a way. Uh, just, again, it was very cerebral, the whole uh, the whole interaction. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, some great, they had some great different stuff for Dylan Bruce's as Paul this week, and I, I really loved it. But um, it, the scene ends really still with a lack of conclusion as to who Paul is playing, whose side is he playing on, which... It was something we talked about a lot last week, mm. and we still don't have her answer. And she says, a man with two mans- masters answers only uh, to himself. So I guess we're to believe that whatever will serve Paul best at the end of the day, that is what he's going to do. Well, you know, I mean, Mrs. S also said that if you were going to go for, uh, if you were going to go for Andrew Peckham, <laughs> uh, Duncan Andrew Peckham, that, uh, you'd have to go through, you'd have to kill her and you'd have to kill Sarah. And he wouldn't want to do that. That's what she said. So I think she kind of knows that he's a little torn with Sarah, too. His best interests are clone Kitchen Island sex. Yes, his best interests are... It was honestly, you can't blame him. Every time. You can't blame him. (laughs) He, he forget the notches on his clone belt. He wants the original. Yeah. <laughs> these clones. You know, that's, that's what I was going to bring up earlier is that, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> all these hookups, a lot of very attractive men, but Tatiana's kind of getting around on set, huh? Is that, she is. is she, it, you know, <laughs> being able to play seven different characters gets you, uh, yeah, seven different love interests. Even Helena, I was so glad to see Helena. With yeah, the love yeah, interest. she's, she's earned she, it. You know? I, I predicted last week that uh, that Helena would probably end up getting it on with Paul, but I, I was wrong about that so far. But she definitely got it on with somebody, so that's kind of good. Started to get it on with somebody. Yeah, poor Jet. What could have been between those what two? Could've those been. two crazy kids. You want to see Jesse come back? Do we want to see Jesse come back? Always, I definitely. I I don't think we're. Maybe we will. I don't know. You know, this whole season has been, uh, again, and I, this is something I, I brought up a few weeks ago. This whole season's really been the redemption of Helena, I mm. think. And, and who knows? Maybe they'll give Helena a happy ending somewhere down the road in the series. I don't know, yeah, but if we see Jesse, he's going to have to follow him. He's going to have to follow her to uh, the farm. So pa- uh, Jesse, played by Patrick J. Adams, who's on Suits. Uh, who, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. You might be about to say what I was going to say. No, say what you're going to say. Well, he was like a super fan of the show. And that's why. Oh, I didn't know had, that. No. Yeah, he was a super fan of Orphan Black and had always been talking about and tweeting in the first season. So that's kind of how he got included in this uh, episode. Really cool. Yeah. Really mm. cool. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's right. That was an EW article. That's right, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. All right. Awesome. Uh, I think, awesome. Thanks. <laughs> there you go. I think we just about got everything out of this episode that uh, we did. So I think it's about time for predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Buzz. 
It's like a, a grave in here. It's new. <laughs> For those watching on video, very flashy lights here. Very flashy lights. It's also new and I wasn't prepared. <laughs> All right. Well, since you're not prepared, let's go with you first this week. Sure. I have two predictions. <laughs> um, one is that Mrs. S definitely drug Paul uh, and that there she like put something in the cap I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. I was thinking that was pretty, that'd be pretty sly. Yeah. She did say she's been at this a long time. Yeah, and that's how they escape. better at this then. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was my first prediction. My other prediction is that, you know, when Felix said that he was reduced from babysitter to bargaining chip, I thought that that was perhaps foreshadowing for Cal and that he was going to use Kira as a bargaining chip, actually. Because we really don't know that much about Cal, and I just feel like it was maybe irresponsible. She only knew Cal for a month, mm-hmm. a month, and now she's left Kira with some dude in the woods for who knows how long. He is the father, though. Well, I want to believe. I want to believe. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. So well, that's, why I don't know. A, that's why it's a prediction, it's a prediction. and not like, hey guys, next <laughs> week on Orphan Black, look for this. I know this is going to happen. Great. Will, what do you got for us? Great. Um, you were talking <laughs> about. Uh, we were talking about hookups before. And we were talking about Allison and Vic, and these are two people who, you know, they both, uh, you know, you were saying how this is, this looks like the woman he once loved, and Allison's very vulnerable, and we've also seen her with Ainsley's husband and stuff like that. She's mm-hmm. willing to, you know, so. Well, Tatiana. Maybe we'll have another, uh, uh, a hookup, another clone hookup oh, with boy. Vic. That would be kind of weird. Wow. Rehab sex, I hear, is rehab sex is better hear? than Kitchen Island sex. Really, I, that's what I hear. I've heard this as well. Okay, <laughs> okay, good to know. Uh, I might have to go to rehab soon. Anyway, uh, for what I don't know yet. Uh, you know, one thing that we didn't bring up that I, I think would tie really well in predictions too is that apparently, according to the research that Delphine has, uh, thirteen was it the DNA matches almost exactly with the clones that they have for the stem cells. Yes, somewhere. 13, so thirteen strands or thirteen DNA. Thirteen STR loci. Okay, so we donor, understand the donor that. shares thirteen STR loci. Yep. Okay, yeah. so so it most Science. likely, the, yeah. So actually, most likely, these clones probably come from uh, somebody. Like originally, that there is a relative. There is actually a relative. Yeah. So my prediction would have to be that we're going to see uh, another Tatiana clone, perhaps. That's not the clone. It's actually the original, the relative, a sister, a mother, whatever it could be. What do we think? This is someone. Older, significantly older, or do they take it from a from a child? Like what? It could be older. I mean, the other thought is it comes from the 1908 Perfect Baby, but I would think that uh, Perfect Baby, the Perfect Baby from 1908, so cute. That Perfect Baby is always smells like a new baby. Yeah, I want that to. I want the Perfect Baby to be the original. That's what I want. I think the Perfect Baby might be the original. (laughs) I don't think so. Or they wouldn't be having these like. Coughing fits of well, blood. Well, you know, the copies of the perfect baby copies aren't always of the perfect. perfect. Baby. Are Maybe you've the... been holding the DNA forever, and I don't know, some stuff happens. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out some we more. I want, to, I, want, I want to know everything about Perfect Baby. <laughs> but till then, Will, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at the real Will Link. You can also, I host a pop culture podcast on the Westcast Network called Will Sean Podcast. So you should give that a listen. You'll like it. And Anna, where can we find you? You can follow me at Koppel for Mayor, K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. And you can find me on Twitter as well, at Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. You can find the three of us also on various shows here on AfterBuzz. There's over 50 of them. Uh, I don't maybe a little bit less this summer, but uh, you can tune in and catch your favorite shows on AfterBuzz. Again, tune in, subscribe on iTunes, check us out on YouTube. And uh, till next week at 6 p.m. Also, you can find Matt Lieberman at MattLieberman.com. I'm sorry, his Twitter. At Matt Lieberman. At Matt Lieberman. Yeah, at Matt Lieberman. And but he's here all the time. He's here all the time, and he will be here next week with us uh, Monday at 6 p.m. on AfterBuzz Orphan Black. Tune in then. Thank you. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 